Hey, I hope you're having a great day. Uh, this is Elan, and today I'm joined by Emer Byrne. And uh, Emer is an IVF survivor, having been through six rounds of IVF over 10 years, which took a mental and physical toll on her body. Her mental health struggles through her roller coaster fertility journey led her to believe uh, she was not good enough, uh, which resulted in self-suiting through food and drink, which led to weight gain and feeling sluggish. During the COVID pandemic, Emer lost five stone through a slimming group uh, to aim to get in the best shape of her life for her last cycle. Unfortunately, that last cycle, which was a year ago now, didn't work either. And uh, Emer and her partner, Tom, made the decision to stop. Um, Emer supported herself mentally during her last cycles by doing a 15-month diploma in mindfulness and positive psychology, and now is a qualified mindfulness coach. And now having decided to stop fertility treatment, Emer is working on losing weight for her this time, focusing on getting and feeling fitter and eating healthier. She has also quit alcohol and is coming up on 100 days alcohol-free. Um, further, she has converted her pain to power and now runs a business called Moments of Sparkle to help girls still on the fertility roller coaster to reconnect with their sparkle within. Imer, how are you doing today? Great, thanks. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, no problem. I've been, uh, you know, really looking forward to having a chat and and diving into, you know, a, a few different things. And uh, you know, it's it's really powerful to uh, to hear your story um, because you know it's obviously a very, as you mentioned in the the intro, you know, just a roller coaster that you've been through. Um, so it's uh, you know, it's really cool to to see how many positives you've taken out of it and to, to set up moments of sparkle as well. So that's been cool. And um, how long have you been running moments of sparkle for? Yeah. So I suppose I've been a qualified mindfulness coach coming up on nearly two years now. And I set up moments of sparkle officially as a business last September. So, um, and I suppose specializing in the fertility space since last Christmas, <laughs> So like originally I was trying to do everything um, and then I realized that I needed to specialize in what my passion is um, and that's supporting girls who are still on the road. Mm -hmm. Yeah and there must be just countless numbers. Absolutely yeah yeah um, I suppose I I know a lot and I suppose I'm very active on social media and shared my fertility journey on social media. A lot of people don't I suppose want to share it I mean it's just maybe their partner who knows and that's fine too you know I've always been very open about mine but there are lots of people that are struggling silently you know um and there's no need to be because you know you're not alone I did a webinar last night um with a number of girls um I had the four corners of Ireland represented which nice. was amazing and I even had a lady from Canada and Toronto so it's not just an Irish thing it's a worldwide thing and I suppose for anyone that's listening, that's on the journey, you're not alone. Yeah, I think that's the most important thing. Because um, I've noticed that a lot over the last few years, you know, I've worked with hundreds of different women from all the works of life or from all walks of life. And mm -hmm. it's been a, a high percentage of them who at some point have, you know, um, have done IVF either successfully or unsuccessfully. And you know, I've been able to have a glimpse into the impact that that's had on them as well. Because, mm -hmm. so, you know, build up a good relationship with a lot of people and they're 
comfortable enough to share certain things. So, yeah. Um, so that's amazing that, that you've set that up because, you know, I think for a lot of people, it would probably go unspoken if there wasn't someone brave like yourself who was, you know, happy to put yourself out there because there's always going to be a lot of people suffering in silence. And obviously there's nothing worse than that. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And, you know, some people, you know, go around and, you know, I was that person myself, you know, when I started IVF and my family would say, how are you? And I'd say, I'm fine. I wasn't fine at all. I was dying inside, you know, and I suppose through learning mindfulness and um, my main tools, I suppose, are mindfulness, journaling and counseling through all of those things and other things. Um, I suppose I learned to realize that I wasn't fine and that I needed to mind my mental health. And that's why I now do what I do and support other girls still on the path. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know if it's like an Irish thing or, or maybe it's just something in general. But, you know, I think that's that's always the standard response, isn't it? If someone asks you, oh, how are you getting on? It's like, oh, yeah, grand or fine. And yeah. I mean, like in 90 percent of the times, we're probably not fine you know so I actually I always make um an effort you know when someone asks me how I'm doing to actually be honest about it so you know if I'm feeling tired I'll tell you I'm feeling tired if I'm feeling great I'll tell you I'm feeling great mm -hmm. and just try and be honest about it because I hate that you know trying to like avoid it and just be like I am grand because like I think most of us most days are are not grand there's always you know something so yeah I think it's just uh being brave enough to you know allow yourself to be just a little bit vulnerable to to share that is, is yeah and there's power you know you might feel like oh I can't go there you know if when somebody asks you um but the more open and honest you are actually the better for yourself you know and I found um that leaning on your support network and it's something I encourage my clients to do in our initial sessions you know, realizing who your support network is and who you can lean on because yeah. you don't have to do it alone. A lot of the appointments and injections and medications and all of that, you know, you, you go through that as a person, obviously, but you don't have to do it alone as in the journey alone. And there are people you can talk to if you wish, obviously it's a personal thing, mm -hmm. you know, but if you do open up to at least a couple of trusted people, um, in your circle it's definitely a help rather than being on your own yeah for sure and that goes for for anything you know I always 100%. yeah it's, it's having a, a community of of like-minded people or as you said even if it's just one or two people who kind of understand and mm -hmm. you can talk to is uh is so powerful um because that's been something I've been focusing on a lot more you know with all of the women that I work with is just kind of trying to set up a, a bigger community of people who are, you know, able to share ideas. And, you know, we've done some community days recently as well and plan to do some more over the next few months. So it's just makes such a difference when you have people who are actually supportive of, of your journey, because not everybody is, unfortunately, that's just the reality, isn't it? Yeah, but you're lucky we were all the same. It would be a boring world. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> Um, so I was really interested about the the course that you did. So um, that was, was it roughly like 15 months in, in total? Yeah, so I actually started it at the start of the COVID pandemic, around the start of the COVID pandemic, the first, we'll say one. <laughs> um, 
yeah so I I suppose I had done I had come across mindfulness through my um I think it was after my third cycle a, a work colleague recommended mindfulness um and I was like oh I need a bit of you know I try I try anything you know as I used to say to a friend of mine I'd walk down Patrick Street and stand on my head naked if I thought it was going to work you know you do anything um, so um to get pregnant I mean now uh, just to be clear what I'm talking about so um yeah so I came across this mindfulness this lady with Shireen was doing this mindfulness morning in Cork and then I subsequently went on to do a, an eight-week stress reduction through mindfulness course um, with her. And then during the pandemic, I realized, gosh, I have all this time on my hands, you know, let's use it productively. So mm -hmm. I signed up to a slimming group and started losing weight. And I also said I need to mind my mental health. And I really was enjoying mindfulness and what it brought me in life. And I said, maybe I could help other girls as well. So I joined up to that 15-month diploma with um, Institute of Mindfulness Academy with Carmel Fannin in Dublin. Um, and because it was the pandemic, it was all virtual, which mm -hmm. was fantastic. So I didn't have to travel and I, I could do it all online. Um, and yes. most of the people who were on my course, I never actually met them. Um, but we connected fantastically virtually um, and it just goes to show and that's why I now work in the virtual world all the work I do primarily is on zoom and that it's possible to form those connections I did actually meet one of the girls from my course just at the weekend uh, or the last few days Kira um, who also has a mindfulness business cam with Kira and we met in person after three years and it was like as if we always knew each other in person you know so yeah. the virtual world is just powerful really the connections that you can make you know yeah for sure because like like most people are so busy with you know working full-time or you know if they have a family or they've got other things or taking care of their you know their elderly parents or or whatever you know so it's mm -hmm. like just makes so much sense when you can literally just grab your phone or put your laptop on and it doesn't matter if you're in Canada or Australia or you know I've I've worked with some people who are literally in New Zealand 12 hour time difference <laughs> yeah so it's just it's amazing how powerful that is because obviously time is our most important asset you know you never mm -hmm. get it back so I always dread the thought of like oh imagine wasting 45 minutes to go and drive somewhere to go do something you could literally just you know hop on a call and, and we can do it right now you know yeah exactly like last night there was people from like all counties in Ireland it, it was just amazing I was here in my spare room you know yeah um so yeah no oh, that's amazing yeah and the course sounds really interesting um so you know like mindfulness obviously like very uh it's very like big topic over the last few years which is great because I think you know even if you look at the awareness around the importance of mind and your mental health now versus like even like 10 or 15 years ago, I was thinking about, about this, like even like, cause I'm only 29 now, but even 10 years ago, like nobody was talking about, Oh, take care of your mental health or manage your stress or just mm -hmm. it was kind of swept under the rug. So yeah and it was something as well I didn't think I would need to worry about you know what I mean I was very lucky in terms of my upbringing amazing family and parents um achieved very well academically in school never mm -hmm. had you know I was bullied in school but I mean other than that I've never really had any difficulties you know I'm in national school now I mean secondary school was was fine but um I suppose yeah it's I always thought that I would never have, 
you know, an issue in life, you know, or need to worry about my mental health. Um, and I suppose it was only when, you know, when I heard, I suppose when I was told that IVF was our best chance of, of conceiving, because um, that's literally what I was told. I was told you will likely never conceive naturally and your best chance is IVF. I thought, oh, sure, great. We know now what the issue is. We'll go and do that. And um, went and did that. And, you know, not realizing what was ahead of me, the roller coaster that was ahead of me and the fact that I would need to pull myself out of mental health holes, I call them, a number of times in that roller coaster. Um, and that there are various tips and tricks to do that, particularly from a mindfulness perspective. Also, obviously, there's the medication, right? And I have been on antidepressants in my 10 years of roller coaster. And there's no shame in that. You know, I think there's a bit, still a bit of a stigma out there about medication. I'm not in any medication now, currently, but I have been in the past and there's nothing at all wrong with it. So mm. I think it's really important to acknowledge that there is help out there and it is OK to struggle. Um, I've struggled myself um you know and there is no shame in it yeah absolutely yeah I think that's the that's like that the anchor that keeps people underwater essentially is is the shame attached to mm. different things because mm. I know when I was struggling for well like I still struggle from from time to time for sure definitely not perfect but when I was in like the worst phase of depression and feeling just like terrible I, I felt like there was literally like a ball and chain around my ankle and just like mm -hmm. under underwater half the time you know mm -hmm. so it's like when you let go of or start to unravel a lot of that shame or you know any of the different things that have kind of built up over the years mm -hmm. it's like you're you know you're 10 kilos lighter and you're you're just you've got this weight lifted off you and it feels you know very freeing which is uh you know an amazing feeling mm -hmm. uh, but yeah I think it's just being brave enough to to take that initial step to to reach out and as you said exactly. you know, like yeah. your mindfulness or working with a therapist or you know whatever your first step is that you know it's different for everybody but just being having the courage to just take that first step is a big thing yeah and even talking with your gp i've been lucky to have, always have an amazing gp who lives locally here to me you know just even chatting with them and they'll help guide and direct you as well that's part mm -hmm. of what they do you yeah. know um so yeah it's it's hugely important i suppose to reach out and to not feel alone um because it is such a lonely journey even that was the the word i suppose that came across on the call with the girls that joined last night you know they were all saying it's so lonely mm -hmm. you know and it is but you don't have to do it alone um and there is lots of support out there um well when i say lots of support i mean that's the reason i set up the business i set up because i found a huge yeah. gap in the market um from a perspective of the support because you go to the fertility clinic and while there might be a counseling session included um you know as part of your treatment there's maybe one or two counseling sessions it's not near enough no. um and then when you finish with the fertility treatment uh with the fertility clinic you kind of you know let go they never call you afterwards to know well they do first to do a review after your session but that's it then you know you don't get a call six months later to check in how are you doing now regardless of the fact that you've spent thousands you know um yes. so that's why I suppose I feel that moments of sparkle is is a service to help people on the road to help them I'm I'm not for one second offering because this is what I've always 
offered by many quacks that I came across <laughs> in my journey when I was trying anything to work. Um, you know, people would say, I can guarantee you a baby. Nobody can guarantee oh. you a baby, you know, um, but I can guarantee that I can help you rekindle your sparkle within. And that's what the service I offer to mm-hmm. help you from a mental health roller coaster perspective. Yeah, that's amazing. I think it's always uh not necessarily a, a full red flag, but it's it's definitely a, a bit of a, a bad sign if if there's something so sensitive like that and somebody gives you a an absolute guarantee yeah it maybe is a bit of a it's probably is it's definitely a red flag when it comes to pregnancy and stuff like that mm-hmm. but, mm-hmm. but i suppose it, when you're in that space you do if somebody says oh you know you do this do this do this and you know you're more or less guaranteed you know um you do it because you think it'll work mm-hmm. yeah and then it's quite bad on their part as well because whether they're aware of it or not they're kind of they're definitely taking advantage of someone who they know really wants this amazing Mm. thing, which is, yeah, that's very poor form to say the least. Yeah. A hundred percent. Just if I may, Elan, um, define mindfulness for anyone that's listening to this podcast and they're wondering what in the hell is she talking about? Yeah. Um, If that's okay. So mindfulness is, um, it is summed up in one word is the word focus. It's just literally paying attention to what is going on in the present moment. And there are a number of different ways to cultivate mindfulness. There's the formal mindfulness, which is meditation. And there's informal mindfulness, which is things like mindful walking, mindful eating, all of that. Um, You know, while I am a mindfulness coach, I'm not mindful all the time because I'm human. It's not possible, you know, but I suppose what mindfulness has allowed me to cultivate is that kind of internal realization you know and very much in connection with what's going on for me so when sadness is present I realize it when happiness is present I realize it within um that's what mindfulness has given me um mindfulness is not about emptying the brain of uh, thoughts in fact it's the opposite it's sitting with what's going on on the inside as I call it what's the weather like on the inside and being okay no matter what that is you know and realizing that no matter what thought or feeling um that nothing can overtake you nothing can bury you even though you think it might be as you say underwater in your the way you describe it I call it in the deep dark hole you think it might but it won't and when you trust it be with it go through it and come out the other side that's where the healing happens you know so that's I suppose mindfulness has allowed me to play with my deck of cards for what they are and to be grateful for what I have as opposed to what I have not um so that's my summary of mindfulness <laughs> nice very well put yeah for sure I was actually gonna ask you about that like um you know what do you feel like is maybe two or three of of the most effective forms of mindfulness or are things that in your personal experience have found you to you know to be more present in the moment and you know to mm-hmm. feel less stress but then also to be in a good headspace where you're able to just you know experience you know any of those feelings that do pop up and and kind of just you know address them and be them be with them Mm -hmm. as they are yeah yeah I suppose um well the meditation for me is is a huge thing um Mm -hmm. and I would meditate every morning before I get out of bed um even recently funny story I slept in one morning recently and because I have a routine of meditating 
I I realized I'd slept in and I was like an hour later or more getting up than I would usually be but I was like I need to meditate now first and just calm the nervous system before I get out of bed or it's going to be a disaster of a day so I still meditated for five minutes even though I'd slept in and I was telling my mom and she was like you have slept in and you actually did a meditation <laughs> but you know when you take regardless of how, how late you are or whatever or you know what might be going on for you taking five minutes is not going to upend your day you know yeah. um, and I think it's so important so meditation to me is is huge and meditation I suppose um it has been proven you know that it does shrink your amygdala you know that part of your brain that is in a fight flight mm-hmm. um response or that can you know be activated by danger um it it does you know shrink your amygdala and allow your prefrontal cortex to make those um decisions decision making so I would say meditation has given me the ability um to be a lot more calmer you know and I'm not calm every day but I'm calm most of the time because I'm human yeah um so meditation is one um another is mindful walking so mindfulness doesn't have to just be meditation it can be getting out in the fresh air for me it's a beach or a woodland and I live very rurally here in West Waterford so you know it's it's really um beautiful here as well so getting out for a walk and literally using your senses to, to step out of the busyness of your mind. So focusing on maybe five things you can see, four things you can hear, three things you can smell. And when you do that and use your senses, you can step out of what's going on in your head. So mm-hmm. mindful walking is for sure um, a big thing for me. And um, getting out in nature is so powerful and healing. I think I was definitely a fish in a prior life because I love the sea um, and love going to the beach. So that's for sure, I suppose, the second thing from a mindfulness perspective. And then a third thing and something I talk about a lot in my toolbox um, is journaling. So um, and that when I say journaling, I mean freeform journaling. I mean, literally just taking out um, a little notebook doesn't have to be anything grand. It can even be just a page in a paper and writing whatever is in your head. Um, and journaling has allowed me to be with those overwhelming feelings um, like sadness or anger or jealousy or, you know, those not nice feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, journaling has allowed me to be with them and to kind of get out of my head and onto a page what's going on and figure out what the weather is like on the inside. Um, so journaling is, is a huge thing for me. And I suppose it's an ambition of mine to create a journal for girls on the IVF roller coaster. And I will do that someday. Nice. That sounds really good. Yeah. It's um it's really nice to I'd I'd all I'd categorize all of those into like a self-care list for sure. Mm-hmm. And they're always like at the top of the list. Um mm-hmm. and and definitely taking your phone and getting that like doesn't have to be like completely gone but just being aware that when you're on your phone you're not present in the moment and Mm -hmm. that's not going to help with you know um being in a really you know good relaxed state of mind so I always make a point of it in the evening you know even if I'm just like watching tv with my girlfriend like I'm not on my phone I'm being present we're just enjoying that together or as you said when you go out for a walk like just being present and experiencing what's going on around you and really enjoying that 
And um, how do you find, you know, training and workouts and stuff like that um, in terms of effectiveness for, you know, being present and stress relief, you know, compared to like mindful walking and stuff like that? Yeah, um, I won't lie. I do prefer the mindful walking than a workout. Now, I do have a client who I know uses workouts as her flow activity. So -hmm. what I mean by flow activity is um, that when she's doing them, she's not thinking about anything else. She's not thinking about tomorrow's appointment or whatever. And it's it's a massive game changer for her to do, you know, workouts or physical activity to allow her to escape from overwhelming feelings. Um, for me, I mean, I do workouts and because I suppose of the roller coaster journey that I've had, um, and I've had my fitness through some of that, you know, because I, you know, did went on that best shape of my life journey, let's say, um, a couple of years ago. You know, I, I do enjoy um workouts and getting fitter for sure but when I'm doing them sometimes they're not enjoyable right (laughs) but um because um yeah I suppose I don't have the level of fitness that I used to have um but it's it's for sure something I want to achieve again you know um and I will get there by persevering and continuing with it yeah yeah, definitely. And like you've already been making, you know, loads of progress because I mean, how many weeks is it now that we've been, you know, uh ten. together? Ten ten weeks already? I think it's coming up on ten. Yeah. Oh, nice. So yeah, that's like it's probably uh one of the most difficult things is, you know, just kind of not even staying motivated, but just staying consistent with training because you're you're actively choosing to do the harder thing, which is is never easy you know by default mm. um yeah it's like just like simple little things of like thinking of like how good you feel after a workout and you know keeping the longer term goal in mind and you know your your wise and, and all those sort of things it, it makes it easier to stay consistent but then like i posted a video yesterday about how if you want to be really sustainable and on track with training it's a case of managing your intensity. So realizing you don't have to train at a 10 out of 10 all the time. You should probably rarely or, or never train at a 10 out of 10. Keep it at like a seven or eight out of 10 most days. And then if there's other days where you're not feeling as good as or your energy is lower, go at like a four or five out of 10 and do more of a recovery based session or something easier. And that's mm-hmm. going to make it much more sustainable. So you can do it for a year or six months or two years and, you know, keep going with it instead of getting burnt out or injured or you know just not enjoying it um so yeah that's really important but um yeah i love the concept of of flow um because i uh i listened to this audiobook must be about six or seven years ago now um by i think he's russian uh mihai chiksan mihai and uh i think he's the 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 person who either made it popular or just came up with the idea of flow and getting into a flow state mm-hmm. so there's, there's really good like um you know short video on youtube like 10 or 15 minutes long that that goes through the whole concepts of of the whole book um but yeah i love the idea of of flow and i've always found some type of training where you get your heart rate up higher um doesn't matter if it's workout or skipping or going for a run or, or whatever I've always got so much more energy and much more, you know, focus and, and everything else. Um, mm. 
so yeah flow is a really interesting concept and something i've always been fascinated by yeah definitely definitely and i would say flow activity applies applies to exercise for sure you know um but it also is anything that kind of takes your attention um and there's a challenge in it for you and your skill meets the challenge that's when you're in your flow mm -hmm. you know um whether that's like for me it could be baking or um playing golf or actually I'm going playing golf today and I haven't played golf in like forever. So nice. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. Yeah. And actually I, I think I'm playing with my mom and my nephew. So, um, and my nephew's only six and he's learning already to play golf. So I'm really looking forward to that. Nice. Good stuff. In a past life, I wanted to turn pro, in, <laughs> but I, I was never. You're only 29. <laughs> Yeah. you can still do it yeah i was i was obsessed with golf between like 15 to 18 and i got down to barely just got down to a four handicap it was like 4.4 and you need to if you want to be a, a teaching professional you have to be at a four minimum or lower um but yeah i made the mistake of playing all the time getting burnt out and then not enjoying it anymore so yeah it, yeah quick up and down but yeah golf's very enjoyable for sure it's because it's like you said it's it's essentially like mindful walking because it's like three or four hours you're out in the fresh air mm. in ireland it's obviously going to be mostly rain but maybe a bit of sunshine and getting to I'm hoping for dry weather today we'll see yeah <laughs> that sounds fun good stuff um and you mentioned as well that you were you know in a slimming group and mm -hmm. you know, lost uh five stone mm -hmm. um, so i i know we've talked about this you know on on a personal level but i suppose it'd be uh it'd be good to give people an insight into why a lot of swimming groups are maybe not successful long term or, or sustainable mm. and i think a lot of that is centered around how hyper focused it is on the number on the scales and how mm you know how much a negative thing that that can kind of become for for most people yeah a hundred percent so look i won't go into the slimming group right but um, of course. Yeah. there are a few um so yeah look i mean it worked for me at the time um but i i would say it, it worked at the time and it got me to i suppose my ideal weight in you know <laughs> whatever that is um yeah. <laughs> you know in in the real world um what I thought was my ideal weight and yeah look it worked right but I suppose it is a you know you do have to make a conscious effort in to stick to the plan you know and I know we've talked about the plan and falling off the plan and there isn't when you're healthy eating I suppose which is the new world that I see now you know nothing is off limits now nothing to be fair was off limits in the other world either but there were certain things you know um that I suppose I realize now for example in regard to pasta you know um it would have been not counted in the other world um and once you had the relevant veg and fruit or whatever with it um whereas now I realize the small portion from a you know calorie perspective that's relevant and and what it means food wise and that there's no protein in it you know it's a new world now I suppose has opened up in regard to protein and all of that as well and you know choosing foods for the protein filling content as opposed to the quick fix maybe content you know mm -hmm. um 
so that's been eye-opening for sure and I suppose the scales has definitely been an eye-opener we've had I've had a battle with the scales all my life um I started losing weight when I was 21 and I'm 41 now so that's 20 years um and the roller coaster journey I've had with IVF hasn't helped right and the mental health journey that I've had hasn't helped but I mean that's just an excuse really you know um that's probably being a bit harsh on myself but you know life happens I suppose and um you know from a scales perspective um we've agreed Elan haven't we that scales is a way and it's based on how I'm feeling based on my clothes and all of that whereas in the other world it's the slimming group um it's you know well, how much weight have you lost this week um and oh you've gained do you know where that has come from and I suppose we know I know now because of our conversations Elan that you know a girl will weigh differently at different parts of her cycle it might not necessarily be that you've put on weight it's just because of where you are in your cycle um so I suppose it's opened up a whole new understanding um I'm working on my relationship with food um, you know, nothing is off limits now. I can choose to enjoy my time with my friends and then just pull back calorie wise on the other days. Um, and it's I suppose I have a deeper understanding, as I said, of the food content of food as well. But the main game changer, I suppose, for me has been the scales, you know, and um, because I know recently we had a discussion, Elan, about I had stepped on the scales and I hadn't made the momentum, I thought. Um, and I was really disappointed. And it had led me to... Even, um, even though you actually had been getting fitter, stronger, and your clothes were fitting better, and you were feeling better energy-wise. and Exactly. Better. Yeah. And I was just going to go there. The All the other things were telling me, you know, I mean, my underwear was getting looser, you know, all of that was happening. I was feeling fantastic, um, doing really well mentally. Um, and then I stepped on the scales and it set me into a bit of a spiral, you know, mentally and, you know, not choosing the right foods and kind of going off oh, track and it's not working, you know, and it was working. Everything else was telling me that it was working. Um, so I stepped in the scales and they didn't tell me what I wanted. And then, you know, I did the opposite. Mm -hmm. So um, we've agreed that the scales is now in the attic yeah. <laughs> where it'll be found in 20 years time yeah. um, or whenever. But I don't measure my success based on the scales anymore. I measure my success based on my clothes. There are certain clothes that I have chosen. Of course, they're love cherished clothes. Um, Love Cherish is my favorite boutique in Charleville in County Cork, um, which is online. And so there's a pink suit that I am going to fit into and feel wonderful in um, at some point in the not too distant future. Um, and I suppose and now as well, I suppose the big thing about, you know, what I'm doing with you, Elan, it's, you know, it's not just about weight loss. It's about feeling well. It's the whole holistic approach. It's, you know, focusing on my sleep, my resting heart rate um the no alcohol um and all of that which I've chosen to do not that you've taught me to do I've chosen to do that mm -hmm. so uh yeah it's it's been game-changing Elan, and I'm really appreciative of us connecting I don't know whatever it was 12 weeks ago or whenever because you reached out to me so thank you for that um and it's it's definitely changed my life for the better it's taken the pressure off as well 
because I felt in the slimming group, I felt the pressure to achieve the last every week. Yeah. And that's not normal or realistic. You know, nobody achieves, well, I don't anyway, achieve things in straight lines. It's a kind of a, you know, squiggly journey to get there. Oh, definitely. That's life, you know. Yeah, progress in, in any way is never, it's never linear. It's always like up, down, up, down. And then in the long term, <laughs> yeah. it, it could look like a linear drop, but it's actually not. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, like the thing that's always really annoyed me um, because I've worked with so many people who have been in multiple different types of slimming groups and Weight Watchers and all that kind of stuff. And the thing that really annoys me is like, well, there's multiple things, <laughs> But some of the main ones have been the fact that you're not like empowered with very basic knowledge on like, you know, here's a rough amount of calories that you could aim for to give you energy and make you feel good. But here's also the breakdown of macronutrients. Like you should probably aim for this amount of protein and carbs and fats and realize that all macronutrients and micronutrients are important. You don't have to cut out anything or any one of those our body needs all of them for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Then probably the worst part is it's like the shame related to the weigh-in, the weekly, the dreaded weekly weigh-in, because some people have told me awful things of like how they'd, you know, they'd starve themselves for a few days before the weigh-in just so that they could go in and be like, oh yeah, you lost a kilo or two kilos and, and well yeah, done. Oh, no, I never did that because you're fooling yourself when you're at that crap, you know? Yeah, but that's not even the worst one. It's like some people starve themselves. Uh, some people would make themselves go to the toilet. Some people would take some type of laxatives or, or diuretics. It would encourage other people Um you know, to have bulimic type behavior where they nearly make themselves get sick. And this is all just to be able to walk in there and be like, oh yeah, I've dropped this this number for this week and, and now I'm I'm successful. And it's like it's so backwards, like because mm-hmm. weight on the scales is just one tiny metric. And in the larger picture, it's not important. What's important is when it comes to physique wise, what's important is your body composition. So how much muscle you have in your frame how much body fat that's going to be the bigger determinant of your your overall health but then of course like your blood pressure your rest and heart rate you know how good you're feeling mentally your sleep you know all these different things but Mm -hmm. people just get so hyper obsessed on the scales and it's just not sustainable or healthy you know Mm -hmm. in the long run so yeah you can probably tell it like definitely pisses me off a lot a lot of stuff that goes out but (laughs) I'll I'll leave it there I'm not going to go on a rant (laughs) that's okay I understand I've been that funny maybe not doing those things but yeah I get it yeah yeah but um yeah so like um what's your your plan with uh with moments of of sparkle you know over the next like six or 12 months or any like uh events coming up or like what do you kind of have have plans in the future for it yeah so i um i'm running a six-week course starting on the 17th of august um so that is a fertility roller coaster toolkit course so it will um equip girls i suppose with the skills to um as they call it reconnect with their sparkle within um it's mainly focused around mindfulness it'll also involve journaling um and yeah that's that's kind of the plan in the the short term I suppose um to continue to run courses and support um girls in that space um 
and then I suppose onwards from that then it's you know um continuing to to build on the education out there you know um and that there is I suppose I'm passionate about um continuing to support um girls who are, who are on the road and continue the the good fight on social media um to get the voice heard out there that you know you don't need to be alone and all of that um I do intend on running an in-person event in Lismore in County Waterford in September um because I, all my work to now has been mainly on zoom and I am a people person and I do thrive with creating relationships um, you know, so I do intend to start in-person events, the first one being in September as well. And then who knows from there, I'm still working full time as an accountant. So it's been fun to try and balance both. It's definitely getting busier. Um, and I have even had pe people recently from a media perspective reaching out to have a chat about the work I'm doing and all of that. I do think there's a massive gap in Ireland from a fertility support space. Um, and I do acknowledge the recent government announcement for IVF, a publicly um, funded one cycle, which is a massive step forward. Okay, it does have a lot of stipulations and I know there was a lot of girls disappointed, but it's only the start of what's needed from an IVF support space in Ireland. And I suppose I do feel the work I'm doing at Moments of Sparkle will hopefully bridge some of that additional gap that's needed from a support perspective in the yes. mental health space. Mm -hmm. So yeah. yeah, lots to come. Um, just balancing everything at the minute. Good stuff. Yeah, that's amazing. So what I'll do is um I'll uh I'll pop the link for for that course as well as the the link for the in-person event and I'll I'll put it underneath this. So if you're watching this on YouTube or uh on LinkedIn or listen to it on podcasts, it'll be in the description. And uh, then, you know, if you're interested in that kind of thing, then you'll be able to, you know, join. And uh, that sounds amazing, though. So wish you the best of luck with that. And 17th of August, so um, I'll get this up as quickly as possible. So it'll be up at, at least, you know, two weeks before the, the start of your course. Great. Thank you, Elan. No worries. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, we'll probably leave it there for, for today, you know, be, being able to go through lots of really interesting things. And I'm sure we'd be able to speak for hours on, on lots of different topics but I think we you know kind of covered a lot of the the most important stuff today um which is amazing so you know really appreciate your time and uh, for anybody you know who wants to you know follow or connect with you um obviously I'll, I'll pop your links below but what would be some of the best places to you know get in touch sure yeah so I'm um, I'm online I have a website www.momentsofsparkle.ie um, so that's where you'll find me. Um, also, Instagram, I'm very active on Instagram, underscore Moments of Sparkle. Um, LinkedIn, Emer Byrne. And I also have a Moments of Sparkle page. Um, Facebook, Moments of Sparkle. So yeah, I'm everywhere. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Good stuff. Nice. Well, thanks, Mel, for your time today. I'll uh, end the recording here and uh, then we can have a quick chat after. But uh, yeah. Thank great. you. Uh, chat soon.